Hi, welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. The platform intensity of worship and the worship of the people is very intense tonight. There is a strong anointing presence of the Holy Spirit. Use this, Lord, this as an opportunity to bless these students, but to bless the people also. And raise up among these people and from among these people a new generation of leadership, fully equipped with a word of faith, with a word of power, with a word of life, the word of light. Yes, indeed, Lord. The lamp to our feet and the light of our paths. What would we do if we didn't have the Bible? Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity of studying and reading the Bible all the way through into the new year when again the next group of students will come in as we continue to raise up the leaders of tomorrow. But moreover, equip every single saint, even those who do not want leadership, they can still be equipped with the Word of God, the Word of faith, the Word of life, the Word of your upholding power in our lives. Wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and discernment. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you to my very faithful and wonderful bands. Good to be with you tonight in the house of the Lord. And um, I want to go and start straight away and read a few verses in a row and then do some commentary about this. But in the first place, from probably the most accurate Bible the world has seen in 2,000 years since the last apostle John lived up to now. He lived longest of all the apostles, about 100 years A.D., Anno Domini of the year of our Lord. And um, the King James Bible, a verse that I began with, that I studied, and uh, it was my first year in the first class in Bible school. Now let me tell you something about Bible school. I've been to university, I've been to theological college, and I've been to Bible school. Los Honda Bible school was the best of the three. Easily the best of the three. Easily. Because that just completed life and put me on the road to the West Rand. So the word here, 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly, accurately dividing the word of truth. The word study here is, uh, I'll just give it to you and you could hear what the uh, BDAC dictionary tells you about that. It says, hurry, be in a hurry, hasten yourself and do so in a speedy process. And... Uh, then it says, it means to be especially conscientious in discharging an obligation to God and be zealous, eager, take pains if necessary, make every effort if you can at all do so with all the strength that you have and be conscientious, enduring, persevering and that you would dis discipline yourself to conclude this race of God. Give the Lord a praise of it. That's a fantastic verse. Also to all the people, it says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Everybody say grow. grow. 
this book equals growth. You take in this book, you get to grow. For years, since 1986, I've been telling people over and over and over again, We'd have special services. I would do special classes in the Bible school. You can come for that, but that is not the Bible school. The extensive knowledge that these students cover in the space of two, three years is enormous. In those early years, when we started the Bible school, 86, in this year, 2026, we'll be 40 years old as a Bible school. But in those early years, I remember as clear as anything, these words, that it would grow you. It'll cause maturity in you. It covers life. I was thinking this afternoon, no matter what the problem you mention, you mention me a problem, I'll give you the verses that give you an answer to that. It's just like that. This Bible is the book to follow. It's the lamp of your foot and the light of your path. So you grow by the precious milk of the Word. And Paul goes on to say, solid stake are for those who are mature. So your spiritual growth is not evident because of anything else except that you are transformed and you become a disciple of Jesus Christ and by conduct, by behavior, you show that you've now reached from childhood, children, young men, fatherhood in the body of Christ. You, know, you can't be in that fatherhood position except fathers give birth to things. They give birth to things. If you're a father, you give birth to things in the body of Christ. Like I said, you know, if I move, if I move from one place to another, where I land, I want to plant a church. And it's just like it is. You want to plant a church and another and another. You put me on a why, even without the Bible, I'll plant a church immediately because I have enough in memory. So here in Isaiah, Chapter number 11 and verse number 9, the very first verses I ever preached about the Bible school, even in the church of those days, 1986 and 84, when uh, we were in those years preparing and then from there forward, 86, it said, Isaiah 11 verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. If you haven't got the knowledge of the Lord, you're far behind. You know, it's one thing I said to somebody who was actually busy dying. And I said to them, by now, with all those little sermons and tapes, they had all this array of tapes. They'd collect them all over the planet. And just this pastor and that sermon and this one, they had all these sermons. And I said, by now, you should be counseling and you should be fruitful. No more tapes for you. Now get up and go. Well, they did not. And that particular man, shortly after that, actually, he was a good friend of mine, good man too. He actually died in an aneurysm, one of the veins on his, on his, in his brain, on his head, that uh, gave problems and finally burst and so on. Now, here in Isaiah, another verse of 86, I bring back to you. This from the New King James, therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Captivity because they have no knowledge. This word captivity is a powerful word. It literally means to uncover and place in slavery. What did they do in the time of the ancient Assyrian world, in the time of the ancient Babylonian world? They would strike a nation, like in this case, the nation of Israel. 
the northern ten tribes or the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites. Take them off to Babylon, the other crowd in the north. Before that, by the Assyrian Empire, taken up into the north. And uh, you have about the ten tribes in the dispersion. They disappeared in world population. And so we talk about the lost 10 tribes of Israel. God knows exactly who those lost 10 tribes are. You believe me in this final hour. He knows exactly who walks around with the blood of Abraham and who are the seed of Abraham, the lost 10 tribes. But that's one day we'll find out about that. But it says here, captivity. The word captivity means to enslave. It means to uncover like nakedness, literally, because they put them in chains, they would destroy all the warriors, all the fighters, all the people, all the soldiers, only a few children and the women, they would carry them away. And if they had some young men for slaves, they would carry them away. They have no further swords. They leave a few people behind that couldn't really care for themselves in somewhere in the promised land, like in the north there, where the area of Ephraim or Israel were, and uh, in the south where there was Judah. They'd put them in chains and take them off into slavery like Daniel, Shandrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That uncovering, you have nothing. You leave the country with nothing, not even clothes on your body, in full shame. God says, therefore, they've gone into bondage. They step into the trap because when they had the opportunity to gain the knowledge, they never took that opportunity and they got themselves into trouble and they've gone into captivity. Why? Because of a lack of knowledge. If you have knowledge, you know what's right and what's wrong. You know what you ought to do and you know what you ought not to do. Here in Hosea 4 verse 6 was the verse that sent me, Pastor Jacques, this verse, Hosea 4 6, is what brought me to this wasteland. Because having done, as I said, those areas of training at this institution, then that institution, then the next one, the Bible school, which is definitely the highlight in my life. I didn't want to leave Bible school. I don't blame those students that come back to Bible school. I didn't want to leave it because you step out in a vacuum. It's like, okay, I've got nowhere to go now. On, we had Bible school four nights a week, actually up to Friday nights, starting in my days, the whole week actually. Now I'm thinking not the beginning of our Bible school. My Bible school was like all the days of the week. And I would only have Saturday with more than the children. And we just have three periods every night of the week. We paid the price to get through it all. And we did got, get ourselves through it all. But then after putting all this knowledge together, I realized that this nation of South Africa and the people of this land are seriously lacking knowledge. Coming out of the mainline, church, mainline churches, I was a deacon, I was on the church board, all that stuff. Mort's father was a, was a leader of the Sunday school and uh, he was a knowledgeable person in the Methodist church. And there I was. I realized I knew but nothing of the Word, even though I had the Bible with me all the time. Wherever I went as a young man, the Bible never left me. Left me. And then I realized, maar hier die mense weet nie wat aangaan in die woord nie. The Word of the Lord is so powerful. I consumed it, the New Testament, three times in a row in six weeks' time. Not read, study read. Begin Friday afternoon after work through. Sunday night, I'd finish and say, let's go to church now tonight. And I'd just go on with the Word. My people are destroyed, Hosea 4, 6, for a lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. 
because you've forgotten the law of your God. I will also forget your children. My people are destroyed. It's a very powerful word. Literally, the word says cut off. Literally, to be cut off because of their lack of knowledge. And because you've rejected knowledge, I'll also reject you from being a priest to me. I was very surprised. You know, I planted the Bible school in 1986, 73 students, the year ended with 71. We actually had a 74th student who was a man coming from Pretoria and he just couldn't make this distance and he was very early, he left the Bible school. So I remember the 73, but two, uh, two brothers also left and then at the end they left the country or wherever they went and... Uh, to another, wherever they went. And then uh, I had 71 graduates. Nobody dropped out. Nobody dropped out. They were into the Word. Bible school is not just a Bible school. It's also a spiritual experience. I had many nights. I'd take those students, put them in the side hall in the old place where we had and say, put away your books tonight. You're praying in tongues. Pray one period. They prayed. Pray another period. Pray again. Third period. Still keep praying. Then I start laying hands on them all. I prophesied over every single one of those students. From that Bible school came a man called Tiens Blom. In those years. I would show them videos of the miracle works of God in the last period of time. Through the lives of major men of God. Like Oral Roberts in those years. A.A. A. Allen, William Branham. And D.L. Moody, John Alexander Dowie. Maria Woodworth Etta. Amy Semple McPherson. All those people that were there, Smith Wigglesworth, I showed them the videos. John G. Lake, you know, those generals of God, I showed them the videos. They get so touched that I leave Bible school and they're still busy worshiping. They don't want to stop. They get so caught up. Bible school is not just study of the Word. It's the Word and the Spirit that is in agreement. You get built up by the Word and the anointing is, if I look at this book, I look at anointing. So, the Bible says destroyed. That literally means cut off, be undone. It's like something that you put out on the refuse, like on a, on, a, on a pile or a heap of rotten fruit outside. No use any further. There's no fruit. There's no root. There's no word in their lives. They don't want to. They resist. There's always an excuse. Well, you know, Pastor Harold, I don't think I must come to Bible school. Oh, one says, well, you know what, Pastor Harold? I got a rusty brain. No, you ain't got a rusty brain. God didn't give you birth with a rusty brain. Tell me something. If I take some kind of a sensor and we come near to your head, do you think there's rust up here? How many of you think you got rust up here? We can pray for you right here and now. Van waar kom jy nie story van roes in die brain? This is the living Bible. And it brings life in your life. It brought life to those students. It brought light to the students of previous generations of students. We should have Alma Mater and get every single student of all the times, get them here. And let them do a show of just how many went through this Bible school. In America, they're multiplying now. And there I've even, the Bible school, they even graduated BTH degrees. The, this Bible school is a basis and one or two extra, you know, tasks and things that they wanted, more practical stuff, they got their BTH degrees through this Bible school. But we've not been into the degree and the certificate and the diploma. We call it a Bible school. We call it a word school. And anybody can come to that. 
And anybody, the oldest student that I had, I graduated, was an old little old lady. Maybe uh, you know those days, Mort will know those days. That little old lady, she was, you know, just walking like this and says, can I do the Bible school? Oh, yes. I said, come along, my little sister. Come along. She was there. She was a little old lady on fire for the Lord, just as little widow with the mites. She stayed on fire for the Lord. She went through that Bible school like a song like that. At the end of the day, it's not the way that people think. It's the way that you experience. It's the way that God conforms your word to His will. His will is in His word. And so there you start changing and you're now no more the same person. And so this little old lady, I then finally, in the old, what was called the J.G. Stradom, went out there, wrote, wrote, read from Romans chapter number eight, who shall separate us from the love of God. And I blessed her as she departed to be with the Lord. She was at the end of her life. That says, because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest to me. Well, in the New Testament, we're a royal priesthood. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. You know, and it, because the other day we were looking at, I always look and I look and I look and I evaluate students. I look at them, I look at the people, and I see who's praying, who comes to the prayer meeting, who's fruitful in multiplication out there. Bible school is one phase. It's what you do now after Bible school that determines entrance into the ministry. Fruitfulness, you know, John 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. If anyone does not bear fruit, he's cut off. It's a branch cut off, cast into the fire. But herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Kingdom fruit always impacts souls, strengthens people, has the impartation of the love of God. Romans 5, 5, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so I was sitting with the pastors, we considering now, who do you think in your districts are performing well? They're at the prayer meetings, they're involved with the church, they're doing ushering work, they're doing this. They're servants in the house of God. They're involved in the Sunday school. We had to do that. In my Bible school years, we had to do it. Every six months, you had to register in a different department and gain that experience. And so we looked at this and I said, now, you know, who do you think? And the pastor said these words. They'll all say amen to what I'm saying now. They said, Pastor, no, no person steps in this pulpit and becomes P-A-S-T-O-R, steps into the office of a pastor without being at least in the Bible school and finishing it. Because I had somebody that I had in mind, but he was not through the Bible school. And they said, no, 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 he's not done Bible school. He's gone that far. But now if he finishes Bible school, you take another look at him then. But now first, finish Bible school. The very thing that we planted is now a demand of the pastors. In order to raise up leadership, we're acknowledging the body of Christ in this country. You know, I said to the pastors tonight, I've seen leaders come up and I've seen leaders fade out. I've seen leaders come up and I've seen them fade out. I've seen them die. I've seen them drop out. I see them not make it in the race. And here I stand after all these years, I praise God, I'm in good health, I'm strong, and I praise the Lord for that. But at the same time, I also realize that this is a journey. The journey begins when you are into the Word, when you fall in love with the Word. Too many mistakes are made because people don't know the Word. <clears throat> and so therefore, I had another verse I'll just quote it to you now. 
It's actually a double verse. James 1.21 is the one that says, Therefore, received with meekness the engrafted word. Now, I was checking that out in the Greek. It's like you take something and you have it engrafted. It's literally like cut into your heart, into your soul, that's able to save your soul. You have the word, and in your soul, like Mort is talking about a verse that says, I'll, I'll write my laws in their hearts. I'll take out that heart of stone, give them a heart of flesh. In your soul, God engrafts the word. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Sanctify them by thy words. Thy word is truth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, do not care about anything or be fretful about anything. But in all things, Philippians 4, 6, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall God over your hearts and your mind. Very simple like that. And I think then of Abraham. Abraham, as I quoted while I was actually praying, did not consider the, the age of his own body, the deadness of his own body. He was at that time, Romans chapter before 19 says, because he was about 100 years old, about 100 years old at the time of the birth of Isaac. Neither the barrenness of Sarah's womb, but against hope, in hope, believed. Without faith, it is impossible to believe God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Listen, you're feeling sick. He sent His Word and healed you. And healed you from all, cured you of all those diseases. He is the Word that ever liveth and abides. He upholds all things, including you, by the Word of His power. Otherwise, every atom and every group of molecules in your body would separate because He holds it all together. He holds us together. In Him, we have the consistency. In Him, all things consist. His name is Jesus Christ. Give Him a praise offering, everybody. Amen. So tonight, as you see these people, they came, they made the effort, they're hungry for the Word. I've seen people come. I've seen people go. Pastor and Tato, I've seen them fall around. I've seen people make mistakes. I've seen people act in a way that's right out of the way of faith. I've seen people prayerless and making mistakes. You only have that success in accordance with your own prayer life. Are you listening to me now? Students, are you listening to me? <laughs> You're only successful in accordance to the power that you put into your personal prayer life. I'm not talking about coming here on a Saturday morning and praying with a group. I'm not talking about going somewhere in a home cell praying together now, or going and uh, we, we the pastors, the pastors come together before church, they pray along, they're in a group. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about George going into George's place of prayer, George's place of reading the Bible, and George coming out an hour later and said, I'm on fire for God. I'm going to do all things to Christ who strengthens me. He's the Savior of my soul. I know now that I have authority and I have power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and of all of the power of the enemy. Let's give the Lord a praise offering for that. Shout hallelujah. He's the Savior of my soul. His name is Jesus. His name is 
Jesus. Every year I close, I take this. This is a new one, this one. It's got little things on the top there already, but it's brand new white pages. It's for next year. Just get another one. Fill it with thoughts. Study the word and show thyself approved unto God. Approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Particularly now in this world where every person, I want to tell you, every person is busy with a thing. you just busy with the word and he will keep you in perfect health if your mind is stayed on him. Study to show yourself. When the call comes in the new year, be in the new flock that we can equip. They're equipping here tonight in the prisons, how many people? Correctional services? 158 students in prison, in prison, are graduating this year. Give the Lord another praise. Yeah. They're all in home cells. When they come out from a prisoner to a preacher on the streets of the cities, I got the life of God in me. Oh, there is victory for me. She has severe the motion of Remember, students, this word is also called the sword of the spirit. That's your strike force. All the armor of God is defense. The spirit, this word, is your attack power. And you become an overcomer. Revelation 3 and 4. Revision 2 and 3, I'm sorry. You have seven churches, and God says all the time, you overcomes. Be an overcomer. Be an overcomer. That means vanquish, conquer, go in life, be a success. There's wisdom imparted here for daily living. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.